All right, guys, we are back talking with Joe. We are so excited that he came back on the podcast. Um, we have multiple uh, episodes with him. He was gracious, gracious, man, I can't talk right now, gracious enough to join us. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into this episode. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. I thought I was getting an easy today today on my PT. My PT was working on my foot. They do a lot of a lot of mobs, a lot of range of motion, a lot of soft tissue because mine is literally like a rock. Um, and he's been digging in, and I swear he's got these little needles for fingers. Like the the way he can get in, it is tender. And so he's doing it, and like. Uh, I'm thinking I'm all good. I'm all like looking at my phone on Twitter. We're joking. We're joking around. And then he's like, all right, flip over. And so I flip over. He starts working on the back and still not bad. And I'm literally thinking in my head, like, I'm going to get away with today. Like, today's going to be a nice day. I am bringing up Jack. And then all of a sudden he gets in. I'm like, oh. And he goes, you thought it was going to go easy. He goes, I thought it was going to be a nice day. Hey, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that's when so the improvement happens, right? It's needed. Oh, yeah, we do it because we care. It desperately needs it. Yeah. I think sometimes, <laughs> let's just be honest, you you do enjoy working on a, someone who understands yeah. it a little bit more than others. You're just like, yeah, because you know you ain't going to give me crap because you know you need this just as much. Uh-huh. I'm like, My wife, it. like every time I like do soft tissue mobilization, like she's like, give me the massage version, not the PT version. I'm just like, no, nah, that's not what we're here for. <laughs> As like, as like, this, this is the only version I know. Yeah, every time you we go on vacation, I was like, we're getting like a couple's massage because that's that's the type of massage you want. Like, I'm 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 doing the PT yeah, version. So that's what she's I'm gonna do for. this for like, like ten a- minutes. I'm gonna do this for ten fifteen minutes max, and I'm gonna be done. Like, <laughs> dude, those patients who come in and think they're getting those like free massage, comfortable massages, you're like. You in the wrong yeah. place. <laughs> this is going to be a little bit of a workout. Yeah, we're going to find that spot and then torture it. In a nice right, well, way. We, we put in quite some work today, but I did have mm-hmm. one one question um, as far as a patient treatment. I'm mentioning this because I had an interview somewhere and they brought it up. I, I know I already talked about this topic already, so I'll go first. That way you guys can think about it. But one of the com- one of the questions was, can you think of a patient treatment that you've been through that was a learning moment? Something that not everybody goes through, something that you still think about today. So my moment, I'll go first. That way you guys also get a better idea of what I'm talking about. Um, so my moment came when I was in my rotations at, in an acute setting. So I did a co-treatment with a OT and the patient that we were working with, he was already restrained. So he had the cuffs, whatever they're specific, I'm not sure, but he was cuffed. He had the, the lap belt that way he didn't get up because he was a fall risk and he just kept getting out of bed. So I go in with my treatment with the PT or with the OT and he takes everything off. He takes the cuffs off. He takes the lap belt off and we start conducting our treatment I work on his legs, range of motion. He starts working on the arms. The patient is very compliant at first. He does everything we ask him to. And when I think we're just about done, 
Now the OT wants to sit him up. Now at this point, the patient's becoming combative. He does not want it. He wants to go back to bed. He wants us to leave us alone. So he starts screaming almost bloody murder. And our and the OT just keeps going. He's like, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. So he sits him up and he's still yelling. He's working on his arms and he wants me to work on his legs. And I'm like, are you sure? Because he seems like this treatment is no longer really going to be effective because he doesn't really want to want us to be here. So he's still yelling. He's still yelling, blah, blah, blah. And eventually he's like, "Okay, we'll lay you back. We'll lay you back down. So we try to put the mitts back on. We try to put the lap belt back on and all that. And he was not having it. He was already throwing a fit. Mm -hmm. He was yelling. He wouldn't let us put the mitts on. He wouldn't let us put the lap belt on. So what happened was he told me, "Okay, well, I'll go talk to the nurse and they'll take care of it. And I was like, "Okay, sounds good. Like, I'll just go back to my CI because I was still my rotations. Like this was just a learning experience for me. And he didn't tell the nurse. So he ended up pulling out his catheter. He ended up pulling like just pulling out all the wires out. He didn't surprisingly, he didn't get out of his bed, but he did mess up everything. And the nurse ends up looking for me and just tears me a new one. It just had to be like the meanest nurse that was on that floor. Like we already knew she was a mean nurse, but just that was the day that she had that patient. She looked for me. She like tore me a new one and i was like what just happened like i thought the ot was gonna come talk to you about this like yeah we did work with him we did take the mitts off we took the lap belt off we struggled putting it back on so the ot was gonna come look for you and at that point my ci knew like i was a little shook because it was like this is all new to me so she's like you can go home if you want like you're you're done for the day because obviously like this took quite an impact on you so for me i feel like it was just a really mm-hmm. big lesson on communication. So whether the OT was going to do it or not, maybe I should have followed up. So I mean, I should have talked to the nurse, let her know like, hey, did so-and-so come talk to you about this patient? Like they still don't have any mitts. Maybe go talk to the OT and make sure that he did that. But to me, I just assumed that he would take care of it, which was, I, I guess, part partly on me because I was doing the treatment. I did take the mitts off. I did help with everything. But to me, I feel like communication is definitely a big factor in this. I could have talked to my CI. I could have talked to the nurse. So that was my big learning moment when it comes to working in the acute setting, working with multidisciplinary approaches where everybody needs to be on the same page. And Mm -hmm. I learned the hard way what happens when you're not on the same page. (laughs) Ken gets yelled at and doesn't like it. Dude. I was I was yeah. so shook. I just like I didn't know what to do. I'd be terrified, like, honestly. What, what just happened? So scary. You were in the room when he was pulling all his lines. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. So we already we already left the room, or at least at least I did. He okay. was still trying to put the mitts back on, but he told me he wasn't able to. And then he's like, "I'm gonna go talk uh, to the nurse." And I said, okay. "Okay." So maybe either hey a he got caught up in another pay- yeah, so payment or him. patient treatment, yeah. or maybe he went out to lunch. So we just we never went back. So when the nurse went to go do her rounds, like she he was still yelling. She saw the catheter was out. She saw like yeah. the lines were out. Um, the mitts weren't on when he's supposed to be mitted. Like it was just all bad. So who took the, mm-hmm. the brunt of that? Because she saw me yeah. go in me. So it was definitely um, a big learning moment for me. 
So yeah. I don't know if you guys have any experiences you guys been through that. I don't know if it was traumatizing it's like mine was. Intense. I was about to say no, it's traumatizing. Just like maybe a, a treatment that you've done that you still carry you with me. I still carry that with me. I'm still like. Clearly, you're still honestly I'm like, oh, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. But I Kim just know how important communication. Yeah, right? I'll never not communicate again. <laughs> I won't do it again. I won't do it, uh, I promise. So if you got one off the top of your head, Laura, like go for it. But I, yeah, I was about to say, I, I kind of already know my, mine's again, not as big as Ken. It's always kind of stuck around just because. I don't know. It was new and it was nerve wracking, I guess. So this was right when I started treating um, out here in Nevada. Uh, Ken was actually the technician that was with me at the time, too. So we were always the one closing. So my PT was there most of the time. I'll say it now, but most of the time, but not always. And so I was changing up a patient's exercise and he always kind of came in with pain and he, he always kind of just stayed the same and didn't really change. So I decided to change up his exercises. I gave him something a little more advanced. And then afterwards, he was like saying he was in a lot more pain. So I'm thinking I screwed this patient up and that I did something wrong because, you know, an exercise caused him more pain and all that kind of stuff. So like I got into my head early on Um like, oh my gosh, I'm going to literally be fired because, you know, this is a bad experience. I did something wrong. And it took me, like, it, it, it didn't take me long, but, like, it just, like, reinforced, like, it reminds me, like, not everybody's going to respond the same, respond the same way. Um, and it's okay that they don't. If they have a little bit more pain, that just means we need to adjust things. And that's not necessarily that you did anything wrong. It just means that the patient didn't react the way we would hope they react to certain things. And you don't know that until you try certain things. And it's not like I went way out of the way of like something crazy with an exercise, but like that's going to happen and things aren't going to go the way that you always predict or hope they're going to go. And so you have to be just willing to adjust. So that's always kind of stuck in my mind because I literally was like telling Ken, it was nice knowing you, you know, these two months in you're you're already um, getting I was, pack I was already like packing my bags i was like they're gonna fire me because i i i messed this up and this patient's now complaining of more pain and he didn't even come back which honestly i look at it and i'm like he was just there for medication purposes like it had nothing to do with me or the exercise in the long run like he was just gonna be that type of good patient but like um it's always kind of stuck around with me because that was the first time i've ever had someone really say like, oh, that legit hurt. Um, and of course, I now realize I'm like, a patient never told me during the exercises. So, you know, if he had mentioned it, we could have adjusted it then. But, you know, hindsight. But it just reminds, it always reminds me, I always think about it. It's one that's still always kind of there. And always just reminds me that like, it's okay to try things and it not work out. Um, and it's okay. It's okay that, you know, sometimes it doesn't go as planned. You just work with it. So you're not going to yeah. get fired over it. So <laughs> I, you know, I like I'm out, <laughs> dip out before anybody, anybody sees you. you yeah, know, I literally was like, go under the radar. Telling Ken, I was like, Ken was helping me clean up. I was like, I, I'm going to get fired for this. I'm literally, Ken's like, you're not going to get fired for this. I've seen way worse. You're not going to get fired for this. I really did. I was see like, no, worse. that's it. <laughs> 
I was like, I'm going down. I, I lost the only job I've yeah. got. <laughs> Worlds was ending. Uh, things, so like the, the question is kind of interesting because it's like, do I have things that stick with me like from like that traumatized me? Oh, yeah. I got lots of stuff. I mean, you, you work in acute care inpatient <laughs> long enough, you're just going to have stuff that, and then like stuff replaces stuff. So you're like, oh, I thought that was bad. And then something else, you know, right? True, right. <laughs> this is worse. So I'm sure there's, there's, there's plenty there's of that. Yeah. You're I was like, like I'm <laughs> pretty sure there's stuff that I've probably forgotten about, which is okay with me at this point. But the one that kind of uh, um, <laughs> resonates with me was um, like traumatizing was COVID because they used to make negative pressure rooms mm-hmm. out here. They use like that thick industrial plastic with duct tape and I'm getting ready to go in and treat this patient. And, you know, got my full PPE, got my papper on, you know what those are. They blow the air up. So it looks like a hazmat suit. It's just yep. loud. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, you're uncomfortable. You're like, it's kind of the beginning of this whole thing. You're like, fuck like i don't want to catch this like it's gonna right really yeah don't know what's really gonna and happen. it's just like i remember a gun and working with the patient and just you know they're just like they can barely get out of bed they're barely breathing it's just noisy as shit like you got that the papper is just like loud so i feel like i'm kind of screaming at the person you know they're older too and just like telling them why i'm there why i'm working with them and they're just like didn't understand why they were in the hospital so i had to explain it to them and as soon as i said the word covid the patient just lost it they're like you know broke down yelling Mm. just like i don't want to die i don't want to die like and and then in the meantime the provider comes in and just like you need to sign these papers to the patient just like the where it like it threw my head for like uh like it like fucked me up because I'm like okay here here I am like you're interrupting my my session with this patient this patient is not <laughs> calm right now like sign these papers and just like yeah. all nonchalant and it just kind of like stuck with me just like the like hearing that screaming over and over like i don't want to die i don't want to die and like eventually i got them Mm. to kind of calm down and redirect them but that's like one of the ones that stuck with me recently but i've had a i've had a lot of other stuff like as far as like uh like techniques or like advice on how to because i feel like that redirection is I mean, even in the outpatient setting, inpatient, like in any setting, I feel like that's a really good yeah. skill to have. Like, do you have any like thoughts or advice on ways to go about redirecting someone, especially if so they're having like that kind of meltdown? for this specific patient, because I've, I've run into this a few times in my career and it wasn't like by, by choice, but looking back, I'm like, I could have probably like not brought up certain topics, um, but I was trying to be educational for that patient i just like look i was like yes you're here for covid we don't know a lot about it like you're you're fine now right you're you're still you're still here with us we're here to get you better we're here to get you through this get you moving get you stronger you're seeing the people that you need to see and let's just take it one day at a time and the person kind of calmed down but like 
the hope. It's going to be different for a lot of other, like other patients. And I've had like the other person that comes to mind is like a new person that was terminal with brain cancer and they would, you know, they would have seizures while he's treating them. And then you have to, you know, put them in the right position, make sure they're, and then I, that would be our session. But like, you knew this person was going to die, but they wanted to have quality of more quality of life at the end of their life. And it's just like, it, it's traumatizing because you know what's happening, you know, their loved ones, they're helping. So like you're getting this whole energy of like, it's a mixed soup of like love and caring, but also like grief and pain. And it, it sticks with you and you got to figure out, like for me, like I had to figure out a way to, what do you do with that after work? Right. (laughs) You know, go walk through the grass with your feet off with your, sorry, not your feet off, but with your shoes off. Yeah. Shoe, shoe, your feet off, your shoes your, off, yeah. Hey, hey, I think feet off, your feet off. I claimed it first. That's true. Y'all. I claimed At it first. At this point, part yeah, one, you told us to cut I it know, off. I've, I've had a lot of ex- experiences like yeah, that, and I think that's more, it's easier to have those like kind of more, I don't know, traumatizing stuff on the inpatient side of stuff. But uh, I've had people in outpatient yeah. too that it's just like, man, there's some learning experiences. Some of it's just like, you're just learning how to be human. Like when you interact with people, they're still people. Like they're not just like a diagnosis. There's so more, there's so much more complex mm-hmm. than, than that, you know? It's the, the battle of finding the compassion, but not getting not, invested. Yeah, it's not having sympathy because you don't, I mean, it's hard to not pity somebody at some points, but it's like, having empathy but sometimes you can't Mm -hmm. empathize with people because you're never going to be in their shoes right but it's like it's you have to try to kind of find that balance of being like i get it like this is really tough i don't know what to say and sometimes you don't know what to say and you just have to be there and you can sit next to them you can put a hand on the shoulder if they're okay with that and sometimes you just sit there and it is what it is and like you said, like all okay of it's just situational acknowledge- for the most part. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay to acknowledge that, hey, yep. I I won't know. I won't know, and hopefully I won't be there. Um, I won't quite say the last part, but that's more <laughs> yeah, I was brain, like, but- <laughs> <laughs> No, but you sometimes if you just let them know, like, you're mm-hmm. right, I don't understand what it's like. Um, and, and, you know, but I can be here for you. Yep. I can be a tool that I can help. Um, as much as I possibly can. And sometimes you mm-hmm. just acknowledging them that they're going through something that someone else is not going through or that that's not norm almost will help calm them mm-hmm. down sometimes too. And again, it's like Joe has talked about before. Each patient is just so different. You have to, this is where it is important to be able to read people because, you know, the, of course, the more you work with the patient, it's going to be easier to get their tendencies. But like, off the bat, you can kind of read and you can tell how they're going. You can be like, yeah, I'm not going to mention this to this patient because they're already freaking out. So, yeah, we're just not going to go down that route. Like being able to kind of read people is definitely handy Mm -hmm. in our job position. Yeah, and we... But it is a battle. And we tend to get the most time with these people too, like than any other provider, you know. Physicians Mm -hmm. maybe get, if they're lucky nowadays, maybe they'll get 30 minutes, but it's usually like, five 15 minutes same with you know the extended providers you know so we're we're there for you know 
anywhere from a uh, 30 minutes to an hour with too. a person or some some places you get a full like 75 minutes mm-hmm. or something so we get to really get to know patients and hang out with them i always say the unofficial ther- like uh you know psychologists are bartenders and physical therapists assistants yeah, any, and anyone <laughs> rehab, therapists. Yeah. um because <laughs> yeah as best as a uh you know, they they do like to spill their guts to us, even though we're not there for that kind of kind of rehab. Like not therapy, <laughs> that kind of therapy. But bartenders, but they like yes. to use it. <laughs> they do. Um, so, but yeah. All right. Well, we have just cranked out a bunch of stories yeah. and information, and hope you guys have been enjoying this because we have clearly. We just kind of kept going. I was going to talk about sport. one last yeah. thing. I thought about the flexibility for the other yeah. episodes was like last week we've been having a lot of tornadoes out here so i got to do my first ever like tornado sirens going off pull the patients out into <laughs> the the main hallway like nope, a tornado nope. drill or type tornado. of tornado not a drill or like it's, it's, a, it's drill. a tornado like it's a tornado you get tornadoes a and tor- Yes, yes, this is what? why I'm well, not moving. Like more <laughs> towards where I work. We're not talking no. like uh-uh. Denver does sometimes, <laughs> okay. but it's more out where I work. I was like, yeah, too close. <laughs> too close. Yeah. Too huh. close. Too close. I can do fires and earthquakes. So you actually yeah, had so tornado sirens. So yeah. and not that, a drill. And to be flexible because I literally um, called my patient. I knew the severe weather was coming in. I was like, hey, just FUII. Do you want to drive out here because we got severe weather coming in? And they're like, I'm already on my way. And I was like, okay, see you. And then literally 10 minutes later, sirens start going off. And I was like, call her back real quick. I was like, uh, we're canceling because we have the sirens going off. She's like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> Pull everybody out in the hallway. You know, you have to grab all the all the residents and the inpatients. So you're like, you know, you're just all hands on deck. So it doesn't matter. You know, nobody goes anywhere. It's all about patient safety. So you're like, you're grabbing your inpatients, trying to, you know, they got all their lines and tubes. So you're trying to go as quick as you can to get them to like the inner hallways and stuff. And then you just sit there and you Jeez. listen to, you know, the CBs and stuff. And it's like, you know, that, that was interesting. I've never had to do that. I know we get tornadoes nope. out here a lot, but like, that was my first time. Do you, do you like practice this or do they tell you like, hey, in the event yes. of, so-and-so this is our procedure like that's basic training like an orientation status type of deal hospital we have you know our con ed i guess you could call them like the ceus that were mandatory to take and there's Mm -hmm. i think three times or twice a year they go through like emergency preparedness like what do you do in the event of severe weather type thing and I jokingly, my PT's always wanted to see a tornado and he's like, everybody goes out and looks for them and stuff. And I was like, I'm fine seeing them from like a hundred miles away or 50 miles away. But like, I don't want to go outside and look. And then I like jokingly (laughs) told him after he left, I was like, well, we got to shelter in place. Like, he's like, oh man. Like, yeah. He's like, tornado chaser. My biggest fear is like being in an area with a tornado and being like stuck in a yeah, car that, and not having. I have to go. driven through tornado weather before. Actually, coming back from Michigan to Kansas, See? through Kansas, See? I was Mm-mm. like, I'm pretty sure I was in a tornado 
Like it just like went dark black and shit started flying. I was like, oh, just got a new car too. So it was great. I was like worried about the car more so. And I was like, maybe I should be worried about my life. And I was driving. <laughs> that my safety. Don't scratch I was like, the oh, paint. no, not it's hell. I was like, oh. And I was like, ooh. And I was driving out to work. And I was like, I drove through it. I was like, I'm going to give this like three to five more minutes. And then I'm turning around. And I drove through it, cleared up, right? And like, I look over to my left and there's two tornadoes, like, you know, I would say probably maybe within a half mile away. I was like, okay, I'm out of this. I'm going down to, going down to work. And then like, I look above me (laughs) and I just like, see the clouds twirling again. I was like, holy, holy fuck. Like I'm going to die out here. There's nowhere to shelter. I, I did, did. I did. I I I went through a little town and I was on the, I was like on the outskirts and I was watching the speed limit sign literally like do this. Like when you see a sign do that, you're like, I'm out of here. Right. And I just like, it was 45 and I was like, "Eh, I'm going 90. And I finally just get out of that area. And I'm like, (laughs) like I could have just got sucked up and went to wizard of Oz and nobody would have known where the hell I went. (laughs) But well, you would have been somewhere. See, y'all, my fear of tornadoes is validated. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, fires, fires, and earthquakes. Yeah. I can do that all day long. We had like a three-minute what to do in case of fire in the building, and that that was pretty much it. Like, oh, okay, well, this is our mm-hmm. exit. This is our front door. This is our back door. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Any questions? Like, we don't like tornadoes, floods tsunamis monsoons like we don't really deal with much besides a fire drill here in vegas Our, yeah i was about to say ours are the fire yeah. drills and the do active you, shooters do you guys you uh learn like that. the different fire extinguishers i don't even know if your facility like does that type of thing like we have yeah, one like, there's different, different fire, fire extinguishers, extinguishers for different types of there's stuff one. You pull like pull plugs no, yeah, we just we just got the one just, style, one size well, fits all type of deal for There's ones for us. like chemicals. There's ones for hazardous material. My yeah. brother went through fire mechanic. Yeah. Nope, we got one fire extinguisher located in the break room, and that's it. Actually, maybe yeah, we it's have. Good. Two. Yeah, it's good to know where that's. You probably have goes. one up front because <laughs> when it happens, you're like, oh crap. You should actually. Right? Yeah, I probably should know where that is. <laughs> we have one. I know up for sure. We got one in the break fire room. Shredders. I know exactly where mine is, Ken. Get I know your... where I know where one is. As soon as you walk in the break room, right there on the right. Yeah, on that what? wall where the where the when board is. When that fire is. breaks out in the break room, and then you're just you know. That's why I got, do we have break, two? Break I don't know if we have two. I think we just. I have think one. you guys are big enough to have two. Then I don't know if it's in the restrooms or it's in the. I want to review those. So it would probably be up front <laughs> if you do have two. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should touch up. Like, uh, hey, uh, quick question for our next meeting: um, Where are all the fire extinguishers? And <laughs> do we just have the one? What happens if we can't yeah. get to that one? Okay, we're screwed. Okay, okay, right, got just, it. Just want to make just, sure we just I die should, in a burn death. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Well, we're gonna leave yeah. out the front door. What are you talking about? No, because you're surrounded. At this point, I've surrounded you. You're then. You're there's screwed. no then. Whether the the fire extinguishers in the back or in the front were screwed anyway, so there's no. Well, if you had one in the middle, you'd be good. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't the, plan the worst for everything, case, Laura. <laughs> worst case Can scenario, you, you just get out. If it's that small of a like a office, <laughs> you just get out. Don't mess with it. 
Yeah, it's not that large of an off. If we get surrounded by it, I have questioned someone started the fire if our front door and back door it both caught large. fire at the same it wasn't time. Me. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got witnesses, I'm clear. <laughs> I told you to put one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're trying to teach us a lesson there. Like I see, I told you what happens if you have two fires at the same time. Yeah. Break out in the front and the back. You what are you gonna do? All right. Well, on that note, guys, it wasn't me. But uh, again, Joe, thanks so much for joining us. We had a blast uh, talking about all the different topics. I know these are probably going to be broken up into quite a few episodes, which is amazing. So we enjoyed you uh, spending this amount of time with us. We'll definitely definitely. do this more often. Always as uh, we're getting now that we're more we're getting our crazy lives. Yeah. Our crazy life is hockey's over so we it's always good talking with you guys and if there's <sighs> you know anything else you ever want to talk about you know be willing to be willing to i mean we got like three Same more here. topics we yeah. gotta hit at some point i know you you gave us a yeah. whole list i love going off of we just <laughs> did our own thing though uh, just kind of talked it was great i enjoyed it i might have some um, new stories for you by the time the next time i talk with you guys you know and I hopefully know, right? uh, hopefully i don't get sucked up I'm by the yeah, say so stay oh away from gosh, the tornadoes. See, don't do this. This is why I'm terrified of tornadoes, people. Okay. On we that were about night, to move God. to the Mideast, too. No, I had rules. There was not allowed to be any touchdown of tornadoes in their history of records. When Jeremy was looking, I was, trust me, there was, there was rules. Um, but on that note, guys, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and on uh, Twitter, YouTube page. Uh, if you guys also want to join in and share your stories, please let us know. We're always open. Um, but until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Later. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.